Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to our latest vodcast. And this is going to be on the incidental cyst. And in fact, we recently did a Facebook Live. Um, and the reason we're doing this now is because the ACR came out with their new guidelines for how to manage pancreatic cysts. And I thought it would be a good time to simply address this. We have other lectures which I've given, and I have a new lecture coming out on cystic pancreatic lesions. But this is just going to focus on how we manage the incidental pancreatic cyst. We know that it's very common. This article we did on 16 slice CT said 2.6% uh, incidental detection of pancreatic cysts. Now that was at 16 slice. Imagine now with thinner sections and higher resolution, it's probably closer to, well, surely at least 5%, and this article does mention that. Most of these are simply small cysts or IPMNs. The question is, how do you manage these patients? We know as lesions get larger, the chance of malignancy increases, and so you're more aggressive. The Tanaka criteria typically talks about removing lesions over three centimeters, but what do we do with, the, with these incidental lesions? Now, I mentioned 5%. There was an article from the MR literature that suggested almost 20% of patients had incidental cysts. MR is very good at picking up very small cysts, but Regardless, you can see it's a very common problem. And just for example, here's a simple one centimeter or so cyst in the body of the pancreas. And here's a second example of a two centimeter lesion or 2.4. Again, what do you do? Do you follow these? Do you biopsy these? Do you do EUS? What exactly should you be doing? What is the standard? What do you recommend to patients and to your referring physicians? Now, there was an article in JACR 2010. Surgery should be considered for cysts larger than 3CM, if it's a serous cyst adenoma, surgery for 4CM, following smaller cysts, cysts smaller than 1CM cannot be further characterized. Um, perhaps we shouldn't follow those. Perhaps older patients we shouldn't follow. A lot of questions. They spoke about aspiration to exclude pseudocysts before surgery. Again, how do you follow patients? All of this was a question, and it's been a problem. Now, what's typically happened is most institutions have developed their own criteria. This is Mass General. Annual imaging surveillance is generally sufficient for benign serous adenomas under 4CM and for asymptomatic lesions. Asymptomatic thin-walled unilocular cysts smaller than 3CM or side branch IPMNs should be followed with CT or MR at 6 and 12-month intervals after detection. And uh, Saani goes on to say cystic lesions with complex features or growth rates over a centimeter a year should be followed more closely or recommended for a section if the patient's conditions allow surgery. Symptomatic cystic lesions, neoplasms with high-grade potential, lesions larger than 3CM should be referred for surgical evaluation. Endoscopic ultrasound with fine needle aspiration biopsy can be used preoperatively to assess the risk of malignancy. And that's a pretty good statement. The question then also comes up, how long do you follow these patients for? There was an article in radiology a couple years ago that suggested two years, but people then wrote, hey, we've seen many lesions where no change happens for two years, and then year three, it's a problem. So we, don't, we know two years is not a good follow-up, and we know that when we talk about cystic pancreatic lesions and we talk about field defects and we talk about um, panin, we talk about 10 years to lesion detection. So again, Two years didn't do it, and so radiology, uh, that article was revised. But what do we do? Because what 
can we tell our referring docs and what do we tell our patients? This article in press, despite published guidance recommendations and reported awareness of them, fewer than half of follow-up recommendations for focal cystic pancreatic lesions are consistent with guidance and considerably vary between physicians. And we know that. Now, perhaps the reason is radiologists may favor follow-up recommendations that more closely reflect the management algorithm preferred by ordering providers, which means their institution, rather than provided by outside organizations. But at least if you do what's local, we have some rules at Hopkins, and Mass General has rules, and MD Anderson has rules, Mayo Clinic has rules. Now, often these rules are the same, but at least you're following a set of rules, and that becomes very important. And we talk about this all the time, that there is often no perfect answer, but you can't have five radiologists giving five different answers, and you can't be giving different answers based on days of the week. Well, I mentioned we just have a new article, and this is the article by Alec Megabo et al., Management of Incidental Pancreatic Cysts, a white paper of the ACR Incidental Findings Committee. And I'll just show you what they did and what they recommended. I won't try to give my two cents, but let me just tell you what they recommended, and it's a good step. They put things in five categories, under 1.5 cm incidental pancreatic cyst, 1.5 to 2.5 incidental cysts with main duct communication, 1 to 2.5 incidental cysts without communication, greater than 2.5 cm incidental, and lesions occurring in patients over age 80. Now, they made some points, and I'll just take one of the statements. How long do you need to follow these patients? For most patients, we advocate 9 to 10 years, terminating at age 80. For patients who are under 65 at time of the initial cyst detection, a follow-up terminating at age 80 will exceed the 9 to 10 year length, but may be prudent. Okay, you can see that they're still not perfect. There is no perfect answer because if you wanted a perfect answer, it would be forever. But forever is not a perfect answer. So maybe 10 years, and my prediction will be before 10 years from today starts, we'll have another recommendation. But let me show you what they did. And again, you could read this on your own, read the whole article. So here's a good example, incidental pancreatic cyst in a patient over 80. Again, the idea is to be conservative. The risk-reward of doing a Whipple's procedure maybe favors doing nothing. And you could see re-image Q two years times two. Uh, if you're really worried, perhaps you can do EUS. But you can see there's a lot of push to basically sit tight and do nothing. And sometimes less is more. Under 1.5 CM cyst, they break it up into under 65 or 65 to 79. And look at the recommendations. Under 65, one year times five to follow, then Q two years times two, which gives you the nine years. And if you're older, Q two times five, stop if stable over 10 years. If there's growth, again, carefully image the patient. So again, this tries to be conservative as well. The smaller lesions have a lower chance of being malignant. You're looking for interval growth. If the lesions start growing, and again, people often say one CM a year, um, you know, then it's a different story. And you can see, look at the image on your left, under 65, stop if cyst is still under 1.5 CM over a minimum of 10 years. But they're saying at least a 10-year follow-up. So again, 
you can see we'll be making good friends with these patients for a while. Now in the 1.5 to 2.5 range, uh, communication absent or cannot be determined, then they talk about Q six months times four, then Q year times two, then Q year times three. So very close follow-up initially, so you can figure out, is this lesion growing? Is this to worry? And the longer you follow it, the more you spread out the follow-ups because then we're less concerned. We're still gonna be concerned, and if you are concerned with the lesion, do EUS or final aspiration. And you can see then, depending on that, you may need to do surgery or you may need to just simply follow. And again, perhaps follow for that 10-year period. So again, some strategies in that regard. 1.5 to 2.5, communicated with main pancreatic duct. And again, you can see in the higher ones, 2 to 2.5, perhaps do EUS if you have any question at all. If not, follow closely initially for a couple years every six months. If it's under 2CM, Q1 times five years, then Q2 times two. Again, watching for interval growth. So the biggest things we look at over time is the lesion getting larger, is it developing septations or nodularity. And then this last one is over 2.5. If it's high risk, then you biopsy it or you take it out. If it's low risk, again, careful follow-up, Q6 months times four. Stable over the two years, then Q1 times two, then still stable, then Q2 times three. So again, we're getting to that 10-year mark. And again, they're not saying to stop at 10 years, but they're saying you can consider stopping if there's been no change. So again, it does give you some information. And as Megabo says, the natural history of incidental pancreatic lesions remains uncertain, and our recommendations cannot be simple or entirely definitive. Several multi-institutional and specialty society consensus papers, analysis, large-scale studies have appeared, but the quality of evidence has been characterized as poor or inconclusive, and conclusions remain controversial. So they are basically saying we're not positive and we're doing the best we can. So here are five of their principles. All incidental cysts should be presumed mucinous unless the cyst has definitive features of an alternative diagnosis, like a serous adenoma, and has been, or has been aspirated and proven not to be mucinous. Mucinous cysts should be followed or considered for surgery. And again, there's nine to 10 year follow-up with the schedules varying depending on patient age and the appearance and size of the lesion. If the lesion tends to grow or is worrisome, then you have to sample it. Cyst size directs follow-up or intervention. Although a cyst size thresholds under 1.5, 1.5 to 2.5, or over 2.5 differ from the commonly used 3CM threshold, they are sensitive to the Sendai criteria of 3CM, under, or over. Number three, because the flow charts apply to a range of cyst sizes, growth may require shifting from one flow chart to another, most commonly when a cyst goes from under 1.5 to over 1.5, again, they mentioned a new nine to 10 year follow-up period uh, is not necessarily recommended when patients are reaching 80, but in younger patients, you need to start the clock over again. Again, the point about tissue sampling. Number four, development of worrisome features of high-risk stigmata should prompt EUS, FNA, 
and surgical consultation. The exception is that cysts over 3 cm without any additional worrisome features or high risk stigmata can be alternative be followed. And finally, number five, comparison with prior studies is critical. We do want to see is a lesion growing, and that's why when in the beginning when we don't know what a 2 cm lesion has done, has it gone from one to two over the last three months, you go Q six months times four, then you have a much tighter reign, and you can see if there's any change before it becomes really significant. Now, this is important, and again, this makes things very complicated. You can have a lot of patients. One thing we have at Hopkins is a multidisciplinary cyst clinic. It's a good way of managing cyst patients. It's a good way of following them. Because remember now, if you're following someone for 10 years, you're becoming like mammography. Do you need to send reminders? What if a patient doesn't show up? Do you need to call them? It creates all sorts of new issues and new, potentially new liabilities. So we do have certain rules at Hopkins, depending on the situation, follow up in three to six months, EUS and surgery in patients with main duct IPMNs, MCNs or growing more than three to five millimeters over a year. And we have a real chart for doing it, how we follow these lesions. And we do follow them a lot. And when you compare our results to the referring institution where the patients came from, uh, you could see surveillance was more common in our zone and surgery was more common also. But again, um, many other people were discharged from follow-up. We spoke about risk factors. And again, we did change the numbers specifically and multidisciplinary input with the multidisciplinary conference, it's helpful in the management of patients with pancreatic cysts and alters management decisions up to 30% of cases. So again, one of the things we find out, we learned this with pancreatic cancer, we're relearning with pancreatic cysts. Get together, look at the cases, and then you could give the right diagnosis and the best management decision. And from that same article, most common diagnosis was IPMN, a multidisciplinary conference altered the risk category in 8% of 138 patients, management category in 30%, management was increased in 52 patients, including 22 patients who were recommended surgery, management was decreased in 16, including 10 who had their recommendation going from surgery to surveillance. So you can see when we see the patient is not necessarily gonna be we're gonna get more surgery, it may be we're gonna get more follow-up. And again, one-third of the management changes came from this conference. So none of the patients in whom the recommendation was changed from surgery to surveillance developed evidence of malignancy during follow-up, and that's still true today. So again, you want to make certain when you make recommendations, you make the right recommendations. And let me then end with this Mark Robin with his article, Non-adherence to management recommendations among radiologists was particularly notable in the subset of cases in which no follow-up recommendation was made. Just over 40% of reports correctly followed ACR guidelines but not providing a follow-up recommendation. Based on the algorithm, however, our radiologists should have provided a follow-up recommendation in almost 60% of the sample. So what we're saying to you is you need to have a strategy. You need to follow the strategy. It's not perfect but it's the best we have. So the ACR is a good one for you to follow. If your institution has a lot of experience and it varies a little bit, you can follow your own institution. But at the end of the day, you need some type of rules. It's not the wild, wild west. We need some rules and with rules, we'll all do a whole lot better.
and the patients will sleep a whole lot better. And with that, have a great day. Bye.